Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. So I'm not very good at the, the whole social media thing. Well, actually, that's a bit a bit too self-effacing. I guess I'm just not very slick with it yet. I know that some of my friends in the e-commerce space are good at, at mass producing very good live interviews. But we do get some great guests, I think, on the podcast. Hope you're enjoying this. I'm really loving uh, the stuff I'm getting for Jessica. Just a quick recap of what I think were some of the points that, for me that really stood out from the first episode to email bu- building. A lot of content there. First of all, there's a misconception that Shopify is a marketplace. Number one job is to drive traffic. And that's what we're paying for on Amazon. Lest we forget, those of us who are on Amazon and very Amazon-focused, let's not bitch too strongly about the fees. Yes, they are something that eats into our margins, but they're there for a reason. One of the big mistakes, not actually emailing people. Pretty basic, but once you built a list, and I've done that in the past, I remember when I've got a bunch of people off Amazon with a lot of work with inserts and then just didn't email them. <laughs> that's a classic error. How to get the email, you've got to give something valuable in exchange. The quiz, of course, is the wonderful exchange that you can give that's worked really well pdf or educational content and then yeah the numbers game thing that we need to consistently drive traffic and really the the two big uh things that jessica's a big fan of are really the uh, seo and the whole collaboration which of course we are hopefully being examples of as people here right now that we are collaborating away something that i think in the information marketing space like this is used all the time but not in the product space for some reason collaboration just isn't used in the same way and i don't know why that is so that's definitely a great great tip right then so jessica i've just been summarizing away what we've been discussing in the first part ladles and jenna spoons boys and girls welcome back to the 10k collective podcast the place to be for six seven and eight figure amazon sellers we are talking with jessica totillo costa of e-commerce badassery and jessica is an e-commerce and email marketing strategist for scrappy entrepreneurs and as you put it to me before the show i just want to relay this because i think it's great you've got to be prepared to do the work don't turn up expecting magic answers and i'm kind of the same by the way if you want magic answers and and you want yeah. to do no work and go and sit on the beach in Thailand, then go sit on the beach, but don't expect to make any money. <laughs> so, Jessica, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Thank uh, you so much, Michael. I'm excited for round two. Me too. I've just got to say, by the way, I literally had a client once who, who kind of drank the Kool-Aid and literally set up a, a, a business with, I think, one product and then went off to a beach in Thailand with her boyfriend. Needless to say, it didn't end well. So, so don't yeah. do this at home, folks. Don't don't believe the guys with the Lambos. So ideal customer, obviously really important. So we are going to talk about this whole thing. Why, what does this really matter, first of all? I mean, do we really need to go to all the trouble? Can't we just follow the keywords that we know on Amazon and maybe Google Analytics data and then that's it? I mean, you could, right? I mean, if that's been working for you. But if you find yourself unsure of where to go, what to do next, what kind of content should I create? What social media platform should I be on? Then it's probably because you don't know who you're trying to talk to. And 
if you've never heard this before, like if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to no one. And this can be, it can be really detrimental because, and look, I'm not saying you have to have one individual person that you're speaking to, right? And that you're only ever going to sell to them. It's not really about that. It's more about just understanding what matters to your customer, what is going to get them to buy so that you can create content to do that. And that's your product descriptions, the emails you write, the posts you put on social, even just the decisions you make about your packaging and what platforms you're going to sell on. Maybe your customer isn't even on Amazon, right? Maybe the person who wants your product isn't even on Amazon. So it's really like the foundation and the base for every business decision you make. And that's one of the main reasons why I think it's so important. Amazing. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. I like that quote. If you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. Nice tweetable right there. So let's talk about there's I guess there's a couple of different ways dividing this traditionally, right? Demographics, psychographics. I guess we've all heard the names. So what are the what are what are your understandings of these? But more importantly, why do they matter? And then I guess if it does matter, we've got to get into how do we do it. But let's start with definite definitions first. Yeah, for sure. So demographics are, that's just like the the tangible stuff that's really easy to identify, age, gender, where they live, how much money they make, that sort of thing, right? We all know what those are. And they matter to an extent, and they can really help you kind of position your brand a little bit. But what's more important is actually the psychographics. And this is like, who are these people at their core? like really deep down, take the age, the gender, the location out of it. What, who are they at their core? What really matters to them? What makes them tick? What is important to them? And I, I just started working with a new client. She has an apparel brand and her entire brand ethos is inclusivity. So when I gave her this worksheet, she was struggling to really like, well, I'm not for one person. I really am for everyone because of the inclusivity and really standing up for what you believe in and all that good stuff. And I said, okay, so yes, it's for everyone, but there is a thread that connects those people really deep down that's what we're trying to get to. So for them and her group, it is inclusivity, diversity, all of that stuff, right? That is the thread that binds them together beyond how old they are, what they look like, where they live and how much money they have. So that's really the difference between the two. And people buy with emotion and justify with logic. So if you can reach them on an emotional level, through that understanding of who they are and what makes them tick, then you're winning, right? I don't buy like a cat water fountain because I think it's cool. I buy it because I know that it's going to help me take better care of my cat, right? Because he was dehydrated because he wasn't drinking enough. That's why I bought it. Not because it has like this really actually not visually appealing Daisy on the top of it doesn't really go with my decor. Right. But it was, it was the best one for what he needed. Yeah. Um, and by the way, somebody else might buy it uh, a very different shaped uh, thing that does the exact same job, but because it fits their decor, because for them, the decor is important. So yeah. Yeah. I, I by the way, I, I love that thing about your client. It's both inclusivity 
is uh, it's interesting that, that for her she was struggling because she thought that being targeted meant excluding certain demographics and mm-hmm. actually i guess psychographically you could say that in in both of our countries in the uk and us and indeed anywhere else in the planet there are people who are more inclusive in their mindset in terms of I don't know, gender, um, gender orientation, right. ethnicity, location, whatever. And then there are those who really like to be very tribal in terms of any of those above. That They're only interested in people that go to the same sort of church as them or something like that. And those right. people would have a very different sort of psychographic. So weirdly enough, being inclusive is kind of exclusive in the sense a lot of people aren't inclusive and don't want to be. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but it's interesting, isn't it, how everyone thinks that there's this great urge that a lot of us have that we want want our products to be for everyone and and it's weird how how hard it is to persuade people not to do that and the same as a coach or a consultant i find myself doing the same thing i'm an, i'm prizing my hands off the dead body of the idea of being an amazon consultant because that's way too general and yet i still find it hard to give up so i think in the service and the product industry it's just one of those mental things isn't it i mean what are you what's your advice for somebody who's struggling to to give up the idea of these phantom customers that they could all be theirs and to really focus in on a a target customer because it's going to make all of your decision making easier and that doesn't mean that you're not going to like get those people in the peripheral i can never pronounce that word i should just really take it out of my vocab but it doesn't mean that you're those people aren't going to find you It just means that you're not going to try and have 12 different messages all the time. I mean, even in my, that previous day job that we talked about on the other episode, we had a lot of different customer avatars, right? And they were all buying our product for different reasons. And so we had to reach them differently. And I did all the email for that. So it could be a lot of work to do that because what would make person A buy this product is different than why person B would. And if I told them, like if I gave person B the message for person A, it could potentially actually keep them from buying it. Like it would prevent them from buying it. So it's hard to do that. And so the more you can kind of focus that in, it's just going to make your life easier and it's going to make you your message more impactful because people, that person is going to read it and be like, how did they know? Like they get me. How did they know that this was like the exact problem I had? And this is the exact product I need to solve the problem that I have. Like when you've done that, like you've got your customer. Amen to that. I love it. I mean, again, it comes down to that old cliche, the riches are in the niches, which I think everybody seems to think that means, by the way, Americans, it's not pronounced niche. I'm just saying it. It's niche. But anyway, <laughs> I, it's, it rhymes. So I have yeah. to use it because Americans I like that. I say niche too. I say niche. Thank you. Thank you. It's a French yeah. word. I'm just saying. But anyway, the riches are in those niches or niches. And here's the point. Everybody seems to think that means narrow keyword targeting and they forget about the person element of it. And especially on Amazon, you could kind of do that. And I guess we're emerging, blinking to the sunlight when you're moving towards your own direct-to-consumer marketing. 
and actually going, oh, yeah, people, I'm going to have to actually understand them. I love the fact yeah. that you, you've just flagged that it's just so knackering and to, to so tiring to have multiple different avatars. I'm not, I've kind of experienced that to a degree with the amazing FBA and 10K Collective brands. Indeed, having basically two brands with different avatars right behind my head. So I'm, I'm an example of what not to do to some degree. But <laughs> you're so right. The, the funny thing about what you were saying about your client who's so obsessed with inclusivity is that the irony is that if you use the word inclusivity to some grumpy, I'm going to say terribly biased things now, but I'm a, I'm a, a white guy, so I can probably say a grumpy old white man and get away with it. They're probably going to just say, oh, that's so millennial, this is so rubbish, why try and be inclusive? You'd actually turn that person off. So ironically, using the word inclusivity is going to turn a bunch of people away from your brand. I'm just yeah. saying, Jess, Jessica's client, whoever you're out there, I'm sorry to break it to you. You're going to put somebody off yeah. somehow. And, and you're so okay. right. <laughs> it like, is more than okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like we, even in my own for e-commerce badassery, I, I curse a lot. It's just how I talk always been that way. It's even in my podcast intro. And if someone doesn't like that, or it puts them off, like that's okay, because you know what, they're probably not going to enjoy working with me anyway, and they're never going to become my customer. So I don't care. Right. And so don't get caught up in that same thing for her, right? If people are not into inclusivity, right? they're probably not going to like any of her product because her product yeah. is really about giving those people a voice and wearing it on their t-shirt. So they're probably never going to buy anything from her anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And more than that, I would just say that one of the important things, if you're talking about, I suppose, tribe building or tribal identity, and I guess we're, we're dealing with those kinds of things around the edges. I guess one of the way a tribe defines itself is what it isn't. In other words, you've got to have an enemy and, and without becoming incredibly negative and ending up Facebook ranting, I guess most political parties, most uh, football teams, I don't really know the American football thing, but soccer teams, as you would call it in the UK, they're pretty tribal in that way. They have clear enemies and that helps them yes. define their identity. And I'm not saying that's a positive thing to overemphasize, but it's just the reality, right? I mean, yeah. what, what are your thoughts around that? Should we kind of call out things that we hate? Should we go as far as that in our email marketing or our social media? Or do you think you've got to keep it positive? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think you show up at who you are and I say stay with the positive personally and just really show up as who you are and what you stand for. You will naturally attract the people who want what you have to sell and you will repel the people who don't. And I don't think it has to get any more complicated than that. And in terms of just like your sports reference, this was years ago. Like I said, I'm from New York. I went to a concert in Boston and my friend was wearing a Yankees hat. These are big rivals and he got jumped like at that concert. So people get really into that stuff, um, which I think is a little ridiculous to be honest, like let's chill out. But I don't think you need to kind of go to those extremes, but just like show up as who you are and stand up for what you believe in and draw your lines in the sand and the right people will find you. Excellent. So we don't need to be complicated. We just need to be, I suppose, willing to make a decision by the sound of it, I guess it's about. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the psychologically hard bit, but the simple bit and by the same token. I guess a lot of us have heard this. So now, how do we find out <laughs> about our customers? Because obviously one of the things Amazon does, as you mentioned in the last episode, is that they, they keep everything for themselves. Amazon's getting harder and harder to prize any data out of them about our customers at all. They're, they're Amazon's customers as far as they're concerned. 
So how do we start to gather this information if we're 100% on Amazon and how do we start to get off Amazon as, as we're sort of building our own brand outside the Amazon space? Yeah, on Amazon, it's the reviews. Go look at the, re I mean, I've never seen such in-depth reviews as people write on Amazon. And if I'm researching like a particular product or how to position something, even if I don't, if I'm not selling it on Amazon, I still go to Amazon to find out what people didn't like about it. What did they like about it? How did it make them feel? Because they're going to tell you all of it. And then you can just take that language, right? All the words that customer used and put it back into your product descriptions, put it in your marketing copy, just speak their words right back to them. So that is the first place I would go 100%. And that's whether you're on or off of Amazon. But the nice thing is if you are on your own D2C website, you actually have direct contact with these people, right? So you can do that through a survey or depending upon how big your business is, get on the phone with a couple of them. I have an email friend. She had a, she, it was like an apparel and accessory store for cat ladies. And so she had like a cat shaped handbag and stuff like that. And in the beginning, she just got on the phone with, it was like five or 10 of her customers and they just, they just wanted to be seen and heard and not judged and made fun of. Right. And so she gave that to them and then they were loyal to her. So it kind of depends where you're at in your journey. Right. But even if you are a big business, why can't you just pick 10 of your VIPs? Maybe you throw them a gift card to your store or something like that and just get on a call with them and ask them, why do you shop with us? What keeps you coming back? What else yeah. do you want to see? I love yeah. it. Why, why do you shop with us? Let me just make some notes here. Why do you shop with <laughs> us? What do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love this. I'm, I'm always begging people to get people on a Zoom call these days or a phone call. It doesn't really matter what the medium is, but yeah. it, it's surprising how resistant people are. I got, I've been working with this poor guy who was supposed to be starting a business. And frankly, to admit one failure on air, he hasn't really got started and he's kind of drifted away after a few months. And, and he did say, like, it's on me, not you. And I said, well, that's very sweet. I mean, I suppose... I wanted to get him a result. But one of the things he was resistant about was just talking to people he knows about his products online. And this was a pre-selling thing. But even when you got sales, it seems I sense the same resistance. Again, how, how do we how do we get over that internal resistance or, or how do we make it practical? Because I can hear people out there go, yeah, but Mike, it's, you can't phone people up. Or how do we deal with the head trash around that or all the practical barriers? Yeah, I mean, look. Some people, I will admit, I don't really get on the phone. Like I do a lot of Zoom calls with clients and things like that, but I don't like call people on the phone. I understand that. I think that's just the nature of the world, the digital world that we live in now. I used to be on the phone for hours. Now, I, if I have to call like a restaurant to order delivery, I'm like, no, okay, wait, I can't like do it online <laughs> or through an app. No, I'm good. So I understand that. So how else, right, can you create that experience without having to get on the phone? Send them a survey. People love to talk about themselves. Like seriously, people love to talk about themselves. Everyone just wants to be seen and heard in this world. So if you can give them a way to do that, they love giving their opinions. Give them a discount off of their next purchase, or maybe you give them like a little GWP or something like that. 
keep it related to your business. You should have better margins there and just let them tell you, but really like sit down and think about what do I really need to know from them and make sure you're crafting questions that are really going to give you the answers that you're looking for. And go back to those reviews, look at your competitor reviews. What are people saying on not only the websites, but just on social media, right? Just listening to what people are talking about. You're going to find your answers there. They're out there. We just have to go get them. Yeah, you're right. And I, I guess that there are more ways to do things than a phone call or Zoom call, which does feel like a, a big imposition. Now, it's very funny what you're saying. And I guess that, yeah, I don't mind phoning a restaurant, but there are certain things like the bank. I just totally resist it to calling a bank if there isn't an app, because I know that all's going to happen is I'll phone them up and then they'll go on the Internet. I'm like, can we cut the middleman out here? And I'm just going to go straight to the Internet. And, and I'm really disappointed when I have to phone a bank. So I totally hear what you're saying in, in a different context. And yeah, there are modern ways of doing it. You're right. I mean, I think servers can work well. I had a, a client, another client who did get a, a product off the ground recently. And he, I suggested him getting Zoom calls. And he basically structured things into a survey in the same sort of structure we were discussing. And um, because he was a bit busy to get on Zoom calls at that point. And it worked really well, actually, as well. Put it around a bunch of friends. So, yeah, Google is pretty good for that. I think you've got any jot forms pretty good. In fact, the technology's there, isn't it? We don't need to fuss about that. I'm about to go down a rabbit hole with the tools, but I refuse to <laughs> because they're easy. Google Forms yeah. is free. Google Forms is great. If you if you can't think of what else to do. I love jot form. I'm also a fan of Airtable, but getting getting down rabbit holes there. So, look, we, we ought to let you go and get on with um, life as we know it down in LA and go and enjoy some of that, that warm or maybe you need to sit in the shade with a cool drink if it's too hot there uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd love to have that problem but uh, what question should I have asked you that I haven't asked you already what, what do we need to know oh geez let's see in, in relation to the ideal customer let's yes. see what do we want to know what's really important it's I'm just going to make the statement, right? Because I don't know how to frame it as a question. It's probably what are the mistakes that people make, right? Yeah. Your ideal customer, right? And when I say like, I'm, I'm looking at it as like, you have this worksheet with all the information on it. It is not a one and done thing, right? You don't create this one time at the beginning of your business. And then that's what you have forever. It's a living, breathing document that you are going to update as you have more data. I like to revisit it every six-ish months. Maybe you could do it quarterly as well, depending upon how, I think the newer you are, the more often you do it, right? Because the more new data that you're getting, because you're still learning and trying to understand because who you thought your customer was, it might be different, right? Maybe you thought you were like, targeting this younger person who cared about, I don't know, whatever young people care about. I feel like I'm not young anymore, but I'm not quite old. I'm somewhere in the middle. It's a weird place to be. Anyway, so maybe you thought you were targeting these young people, but it turned out it's actually an older demographic who has different priorities in their life, who's actually gravitating towards it. And so they care about different things. You want to talk about different things. So just the short story is it's not a one and done. It's a living, breathing thing. You want to check in on it regularly based on the data you have, what you've learned, and the more feedback you get from your own customers, right? In the beginning, you're just kind of guessing a little bit. Maybe you're looking at your competitors and things like that. But the more first party data you get, the more refined that ideal customer 
is going to be and the more effective you can be in your decision making. So always check back. Amazing. I'm so glad I asked that question. By the way, somebody just like all good things at stolen slash learnt or modeled is the polite version that somebody said to me that great, great question to ask is what question should I have asked? And I just chucked that in now and it always makes the breast go, ooh, and you always get interesting answers. So by the way, the power of good questions uh, is a kind of overarching thing that I'm a, a fan of. And I love this. Uh, it's not one and done. And as you say, you're, you're so totally right. I mean, I guess that this is great because as soon as you say it, this is the mark of good wisdom. As soon as somebody said it, it seems obvious, but I hadn't thought of it before at all, which is just great. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious, isn't it, that we, we create a product and we think we know who we're aiming at and then everything changes. And it's very easy to kind of just fire and forget. You're totally right about that. So brilliant, brilliant feedback. And yeah, great stuff generally. Just really, really getting lots and lots of wisdom. I've been making notes away here. Fortunately, we've got some written uh, documentation from you as well. So I know you've got a, a lead magnet for us to download at ecommercebadassery.com forward slash collective. So tell us a tiny bit about what we can get from that. Yeah, this is my free resource library. So I started creating freebies for all of my individual podcast episodes and realized this was not a good use of my time. So I put all of my freebies in one place and any new freebie will automatically go in there. So you will find a worksheet to actually help you figure out who your ideal customer is. There are worksheets to help you brainstorm content to get started with SEO on your own website. There's like I said, tons of stuff in there. If you are new to business or maybe new to your own website, right? That's just a different animal than being on Amazon. It's a really, really great place to start. Amazing. And I really must give you a chance as I, my bad, I didn't do this at the end of the last episode, but I promise I'll pop something in there to, to tell people, tell us what it is you do for e-commerce sellers if they, if they want to approach you and work with you one-to-one. -one. Definitely. So I kind of have two main tracks that I work with people on. One of them is email. That's really when how I started this business was getting all your email automations set up for you, teaching you how to maybe use Klaviyo because that's my favorite platform. I don't do like ongoing maintenance and have to build an agency for that. And I just really enjoy being one-on-one. -on -one. So for people who want to do it in-house, but just like need that get started foundation, I'm your girl for that. And then I also have ongoing, just like high level e-commerce consulting, helping you kind of clear the weeds, like what makes sense for your business right now. I think a lot of the times we can hear a lot of general information, right? That, yeah, could be cool for your business long term, right? But like, how do you make money right now? How do you prioritize where to focus your time? Because unless you have a big team, you can't do it all, my friend. So I like to kind of come in and just say like, hey, this is what makes sense for you and your brand and help you figure out your best next steps. Yeah. And by the way, such a great simple in a way for somebody who's been there and done it like you clearly have. But but also massive value. It's just not there's so much how to do stuff. It's like, what should I do next on my smorgasbord of 30 possible things? I've listened to too many podcasts like this one. I'm guilty of putting the content out there. Of course, yeah, that, that's a totally great value uh, at use of a consulting expert. Yeah. And so that totally makes sense. And by the way, Clavio, yeah, and some of the smartest people I know in this space are, are really, really big on Clavio. It's a great choice of platform. Not one I've personally used yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting oh. my 
get my sink into it at some point yeah I, I hear amazing things from various people who've who've, who've uh, used it to big effect but anyway it's a great platform choice as well so yeah if anyone wants to get hold of you presumably they just go to what ecommerce badassery.com and and start there two m's for e-commerce and two s's for badassery yes. um ecommerce that is where jessica hangs out on the web apart from I, I presume all the socials so look jessica we must let you get back to consulting and uh, your cat also a big cat fan here so my kind of person that you got to talk about psychographics really important isn't it dog dog or cat people just remains for me to say thank you so much for taking so much time to give us so much masses and masses of value and really a big thank you for coming on the show yeah thank you so so much for having me it was awesome to be here i love just love chatting with you thank you me too Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.